Hi, this is Jake from the White Buffalo, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Remember days before the fire, before the flood, when houses were filled with laughter and love. But we did have our demon dogs hit from above. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo, and today I'll be talking to Jake Smith, a.k.a. The White Buffalo. Jake, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm good, good. Uh, whereabouts are you located exactly? Uh, I'm in the valley. Uh, I'll just at, uh, in Los Angeles County. Oh, awesome. I'm, I'm here in Toronto anyway. It's much colder than where you are, but we carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, give us an overview of your new album, One on the Widow's Walk. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a journey. There's some kind of introspective things. It kind of started as a concept idea um, with this kind of Widow's Walk idea. I was kind of building a story around that concept of kind of the uh, rooftop deck and the, the wives would go out up on top of these um, these perches to go look for their husbands or significant others as they were to come back from sea. Um, I just thought there was a lot of drama and a lot of possibilities to kind of build that story. But then in turn, other songs kind of started seeping in and I didn't really want to limit it to a concept album and all these kind of personal songs, but then other kind of narratives also came in. And so it turned into something a little bit looser and grander um, than that of just than a than a singular narrative, you know. I understand. Yeah, and you had a listening party a few hours ago today. How was the reception to the new songs? Yeah, yeah people really seem to be loving it. I mean, the fans, everybody, um, they couldn't have been more pleased. I mean, it was like it seemed like there was something they needed. It was almost like medicine for them to, you know. It's been a while since I put something out, and especially in these times when you get some good news or you get some, you know, and able to take some kind of escape. You know, people were really touching on almost each individual song as everybody was like, oh, this one, this one, this one, you know, with all different different naming different songs, which is great to hear. Yeah. I mean, the first song on the album is Problem Solution. And I love the line, they say, follow your heart, but he's confused about everything. That's kind of what where everybody is right now to a large extent, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it is really odd how... You know, you change the environment or your perspective or, or where things are at. And obviously, this is one of the weirder times in most of our history. It is. In our yeah. lifetimes. Yeah. And to, it's weird how you it, now having people absorb these songs and those times. Are, it's, some of them are like almost like I'm talking exactly about what's happening right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and you had a Shooter Jennings in the producer's seat and also on piano and keyboards. How did he contribute to the end result of the album? Oh, he was huge to it. I mean, it, he was huge at the beginning. I mean, he inspired me our first kind of meeting other than our little day drinking session that we had, uh, our, our first like kind of writing session, but it wasn't really, it was kind of just a arrangement and, and, um, session was him basically just filling me up and, and validating a lot of the songs that I was working on when I didn't think they had as much potential or worth as he did. And he kind of inspired me to to just light that fire and, you know, hit a real prolific time when I didn't think I had much. Um, but then in the studio, yeah, it was immeasurable. I mean, he was just sprinkling the magic dust everywhere. It was a very loose kind of idea, but he, he was a big part in having the band, 
my band be a big part of the recording process or at least more so than they ever have in the past where they're there the whole time and contributing and um as well as just him sitting in i mean it was super organic basically just taking complete tracks at least of the rhythm section and him all sitting in a room together and you know you can really feel it and really feel kind of the breath and the space as well as the dynamics and the feel of of uh of the songs and so yeah, he, he was amazing. Great, oh, yeah. good, good, really good friend now too, which 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 is sweet. How that blossomed into that really quickly. Oh, nice, nice. And of course, with you and, and Shooter on the album are Matt Linotan on drums and Christopher Hoffy on bass, right? Yeah, that's Matt Linot on drums as Machine, and uh, yeah, Christopher Hoffy on bass, and then Hoffy played a bunch of electric guitar on this album as well. Uh, Matt did some other percussion. Uh, We had some uh, some people of uh, in Shooter's band or the fiddle player, violin player played on it, and, and basically mostly it was just me, Matt, Christopher, and Shooter, you know, with a couple little overdubs from Christopher on electric guitar and a little bit of keyboard work post from Shooter, but the majority of it was just us all in the room together, you know, it was really quick. Yeah, no, it's a very organic album for sure. Yeah, and this is always a tough question, but are you able to compare this album with your previous ones or? I I mean for me. I'd never recorded in this this process, you know, a lot of it's more piecemeal where you kind of bring it, you know, you bring the drummer in for two days and he lays down the drum tracks and then you bring a, you know, that I'll lay down some, some vocals or, or I'll lay down some guitar and we'll bring the bass player in and he'll play for a couple of days. It, 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 this was such a live process, which I've always kind of been chasing. Um, and seems like such, I mean, that's our whole brand is kind of this emotion brand in this honest real thing you know that we're trying to create and there's no bells and whistles it just kind of is what it is and and i feel like that it came across better on this album than it ever has and that being said i think yeah i mean i think the songs are good i think i was in a good place to to let kind of both the dark and the light in um and yeah i tried to hit all the uh not all of them but a lot of the emotional places you know Oh, yeah. No, there's a broad range of emotions on the album, for sure. Uh, but would you say there's a common thread between the songs? I know you, you said it started as a concept, but then you sort of drift away. Yeah, I, I mean, I did drift away from just the... Because uh, well, the way I thought, I, I did a concept album with uh, Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways, which was a complete narrative, which would go from one song to the next in a very linear way uh, with a beginning and an end. Um, and that's how I was thinking about attacking the, the Widow's Walk idea, But then when I had the other songs come in, inadvertently, a lot of those songs started getting some of the themes of what the bigger picture would have been. So there's a lot of water, there's a lot of longing, there's a lot of kind of uh, disenfranchised separation of things that, that I was seeing in the sea and in the ocean and in that construct of the concept album. But, but it, it's looser. It's obviously looser, you know? I see. And my favorite so far is No History. What can you tell us about that track in particular? Yeah, that one, um, you know, it's about not living in the past, you know, not living in, in your history and, and not living with fear or prospects of the future and living in today and living in, in what is, that's all you can really control is now. And, you know, we approached it, it's kind of, it's upbeat, it's up-tempo, and it, but it almost has like, a, you know, Christopher approached it in... Uh, guitar wise kind of it, it leans almost to like a late eight, late 80s 90s song um you know it's kind of very yeah. definitely the most kind of pop pop uh approach and 
with the melody of the chorus and then kind of the melody of that guitar line, you know, it just, it feels really good. I think that's pretty rare, at least for me, um, not being super virtuoso in my playing. Um, but yeah, no, it was nice. I, I, I like that track as yeah. well. And interesting concept as well on Cursive, where you kind of address the relentless march of technology in there. That song came oddly slow, but then very fast. Like all I really had before the night before I recorded the vocal on that was was the very first line of, you know, when, when they, um, if they stop writing in cursive, I don't know what I'll do. And that's all I had. But that was the a whole idea was kind of these things that are one that we're losing because of technology, just things that aren't relevant anymore. Or And there's beautiful things that were once relevant that maybe aren't so much. Oh, yeah. But then it was, yeah, it was the, the, with the advent of screens and technology that we're starting to lose kind of that, te- that human connection um, between each other. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's maybe my favorite or most kind of poignant track on, on the album. I, I have a five-year-old and they don't write in cursive anymore, those young kids. So it's a great angle you found there, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a 12-year-old and I'm seeing the same thing. So oh, that's, there you go. That was the origins of it, yeah. Uh, tell me about uh, Faster Than Fire. What's that one about? Yeah, Faster Than Fire was um, is based or in, based and inspired on the fires of California in 2018 in the fall. Oh, um, which kind of decimated and devastated uh, close, very close to the area where I lived, and then you know so many families, and it's just kind of a not an unsympathetic look, but kind of an unflinching look at it, and just kind of the power of Mother Nature and how you know, dreams and lives are changed and destroyed in a matter of moments and that, you know, there's no, um, you know, there's not much warning and there's not much uh, in the speed and, and the uh, merciless power of mother nature is, is yeah. can be pretty extreme and life changing. Yeah. And in the press release, the lyrics of the rapture are described as what happens when the moral compass spins wildly out of control. Can you explain on that one a little bit? I tend to sometimes go into these kind of dark fantasy murderous places. And this one was, I thought, kind of just going, trying to get to the nature of, of kind of the most primitive, um, you know, dark parts of man, you know, is that kind of that need to hunt and kind of bloodthirsty need for you know, need for flesh. <laughs> so, wow. That one's pretty dark. Yeah. And I think that uh, River of Love and Loss has also a dark feel to it, but almost like a soundtrack kind of mood, right? Yeah, that one kind of, there's a nice, real nice marriage kind of between mood and lyric um, and and feel in that whole song. I mean, that one feels, not, I don't want to say it's like a, I was channeling like a Johnny Cash kind of thing, but it was kind of, it's a darker thing. And there's not really a, a chorus. It's just kind of the story with that musical kind of instrumental hook that comes up. But it, yeah, it's very, definitely very cinematic kind of style of, of, of writing, but definitely puts, sets a pretty intense mood, which I like. And I, I gave it a few spins already preparing for the interview. And I think the album as a whole is a good one to listen while on the road, don't you think? While driving? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my goal is to make every song count and make it be a journey and sequence the album in a way that you're going to want to listen to the whole thing through and have it be an emotional ride. Um, let alone, you know, even if it's not a concept album, like have it feel every moment and try to, yeah, I feel like it's, especially in these times, it's great. You know, it's a good escape. You got yeah. 42 minutes of diving into somebody else's head and, and somebody else's stories. And yeah, I think it's a good one. I'm proud of it. And in parallel with your albums, you also do a lot of work for the film industry. Sons of Anarchy, Californication, The Punisher. How did you get to do that? You know, I'm just 
I was just, I'm just lucky enough that people have found my music and found the songs. Majority of those, I mean, other than a couple that I did with Sons of Anarchy, were all like pre-written, pre-recorded compositions that I already had in the well, and they just found them, you know, and decided to use them in their shows. Most, the majority of them aren't collaborations. They're just from my head, and luckily they fit in some kind of scene or fit with some kind of storyline. You know, but I did do Come Join the Murder for Sons of Anarchy, which was a co- collaboration, which was written lyrics by the, the creator, Kurt Sutter, and then uh, myself and Bob Thiel put that to music and melody. And then I came, they had me come in and sing on things, which I really didn't have much to do with the arrangements. I would just come in and sing on like House of the Rising Sun and Bohemian Rhapsody. And then everything else, it was just things that I've written, not with really TV or film in mind, just my little brain just doing my thing, you know? Okay. But when you write specifically for a show, it's a whole different process, right? You need to think about the scenes and how it affects the whole mood of the show or? Yeah, I haven't, I don't really, I haven't done that much. I mean, I've done that in the past a few times where I'm actually writing to picture, but I haven't done that much. And the majority of the, the ones that have had any, you know, on real, you know, I've had some in like, I've written stuff for some, a few surf movies and stuff like that, but that was way, that was, that's 20 years ago that we're talking, you know, all, almost all the stuff that I've written was already written and they decided it would be a good fit for that, that portion of the show that I wasn't actually writing to film or to picture. You know? I understand. And you had a tour booked for the UK, Italy and the Netherlands, but obviously that's not going to happen. That was in April and May, I believe. Do you have anything already being rescheduled for the second semester? Or? I believe that we've already rescheduled uh, a lot of those UK shows, Netherlands and Italy, for late November, early December. And then we're working on, you know, starting to do. We, I mean, we had a bunch of shows that we didn't that we had on the books, but we hadn't announced yet. Especially when this stuff all when when the you know everything started spreading and everything started escalating so fast that we felt it better to kind of hold off announcing stuff that was most likely going to get canceled or just yeah. even not knowing. I thought it was better to to do that rather than disappoint a bunch of people. So yeah, there's going to be a bunch of more touring both later, hopefully later this year, and then 2021 going to be getting after it. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for any kind of show at the moment. Even if Justin Bieber right. decides to play, I'll be happy about it. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. yeah. And in parallel with that, you're doing a few episodes on YouTube called "In the Garage" to keep in touch with the fan base, which is really cool, right? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, that's just a funny little brainchild that I had was, I mean, it's a place where I go and write and just, uh, there's no pressure. It's just a silly little thing. And I, I just do these little silly shows where it's just me and me talking and doing some shenanigans and then, you know, playing a song. It's often, it's kind of cool because it, it lets people into kind of the lighter side of my personality, which mm -hmm. I, I, there is a bit of a duality in, in the fact that I write pretty heavy songs and some dark songs. Um, and emotional songs and then on the other hand I'm fairly lighthearted and enjoy a good laugh on the other side of my personality <laughs> so it's nice to kind of do that I feel real comfortable doing it and they're fun and, and yeah people really seem to like them so I saw a few I saw a few very funny very funny episodes <laughs> yeah, yeah thanks man thank you man, man let's finish off if you can send a message to the fans to the people that are anxious to hear the new album I really hope you guys enjoy it I hope you can dive into the whole All the songs, you know, I'm really proud of it. And there's a lot going on. And I feel um, it's really no no better time to have something that hopefully people can attach their, their hearts and minds to something 
especially in this thing. The music is a thing that heals, and it's it's at least an escape for a moment. I'm hoping that I achieved that for some people, so I'm really hoping so. Awesome. Jake, thank you so much for your time, man, and all the best with the new album, and stay safe out there. Thank you, sir. You as well. Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this interview with the White Buffalo. You can listen to it also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to finish the interview with the song Problem Solution from the White Buffalo's new album, On the Widow's Walk. Sincere, triumph and fear Coursing, forcing their might well, You can't live this life straight So get high or get gone Well, out the gate's a little too late To be moving on No one is really to say What's right, what's wrong So let's just get through the day Check the meter, but the meter was right 
when the dance is done Still nobody won No ribbon, no paradise Just bombs and bills and bad advice But at least you took the time to take the transcendental ticket to right Well, I can't live this life straight I get high, I get gone Well, I think it's a little too late To be moving on Who is really ever to say What's right and what's wrong So let's just get through the day Let's just get through the day Let's just get through the day so Let's just get through the day 